What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Heated Rivals Podcast. I'm Zach Durkin, and as always, I'm with my friend Sean. What's going on, everybody? And my, oh my, do we have some stuff to talk about today. Guarded by Holiday, Durant for three, comes up with an air ball with three-tenths of a second remaining. All right, here's Giannis blooping one to Lopez, and that'll do it. The Bucks beat the Nets. Yep. Brooklyn's playoff run ends in the Eastern Conference semifinals as the Milwaukee Bucks pulled off the quote-unquote upset. And to be honest with you, as a Knicks fan, I'm pretty happy. And now, I don't want anyone to come out here and start calling us, you know, sour that they went farther than us or anything like that. But it feels, you know, it feels good. The giant has fallen. The team that was supposed to win it all lost like two rounds away from the NBA Finals. Let's just call it what it is, Zach. They underachieved severely, if you ask me. And I think if you ask anybody who watches the NBA or follows the NBA, when you have three of the arguably top seven best players in the NBA all on the same team. In the world, really. Yeah, it's pretty much NBA championship or bust. So let's talk about what we think. Well, we all know what happened. We all know what went wrong for the Nets. And that was losing two of those three players, one being James Harden to a grade two hamstring strain. That he played through. Played through and clearly was affected by it. Yes. And Kyrie Irving, which I think is when they really lost hope, spraining his ankle. Yeah, the, just losing that, you know, Kyrie is a top three point guard in this league. So losing a top three point guard is going to make any team less potent. You know what I mean? But honestly, where I think this series went wrong for the Nets is when they could not get game three. If they had if they had went up 3-0, they put the nail in the coffin even if they do lose Kyrie, I think. You know, even if Milwaukee does get another game, I still think they close it out just from a momentum perspective. Like, you won three straight games. That does something to a team. You know what I mean? Well, Brooklyn did win a game after Kyrie went out. They did because KD decided he was going to show everybody why he's a Arguably a top 10 player of all time. Arguably. We, we can have that conversation if you really want to. To me, but, he still hasn't done enough, but that's, some, that's another time. But that game three, it was a very low-scoring game. I think Milwaukee won like 86-83, right? Yeah, it was only a three-point win for them. <clears throat> you go up 3-0 in a series against anybody, and you automatically put the team who's down three games into panic mode. Well, how many times has somebody come back from 3-0? I'm pretty sure none, right? Never been done before, right? So now you're looking around, and if you were the Bucks, and if you're and if you're Giannis Antetokounmpo, you're probably pressing even harder than you did in the series to begin with. You know what I mean? All those head down drives to the basket, every other every other possession, or now every possession, and you're getting a team to play out of how they normally play. Now, this might be an unpopular opinion to some, but to be honest, I don't think Milwaukee played good enough to win that series. No, I I think they did get bailed out by the health of the Brooklyn Nets. Big time, I think. Yeah, you know. Number one contributor. But that's the NBA, man. Like, these guys sit half the year to get to this point. And it's, 
they still get hurt. Shit happens. You know? Shit happens, dude. It's just it's just the way ba- basketball is nowadays. And to go back to game four when Kyrie got hurt and the health issue being what I think is the number one reason that they lost the series, I still think that they would have won the series if Kyrie stayed healthy. I mean, Harden, Gimpy, whatever he is, but Kyrie was that extra spark on the offense that you needed to complement KD. You know, you had guys on their team that weren't pulling their weight either. It was like KD and Kyrie were basically carrying the entire team, and they got no help. Exactly. And then, you know, Joe Harris, this man was supposed to be the league's leading three-point shooter. Shot fucking 47%. That's damn near 50%. You're almost shooting, making half your three-pointers. He shot 32% in the series, bro. Like, that can't happen for somebody who's the league's best three-point shooter. I'm sorry. Yeah, and listen, neither team really shot all that well, but... At the end of the day, I think that the injuries also played played a part. Yeah, everything the, played a part together in the reason they lost. The injuries were a big part, but another contributing factor, like you said, was the underperformance of these role players right. that uh, the Nets had brought in, or the Nets had already, I should say. Uh, Joe Harris, a guy that's been there for years, kind of seen this whole glow up with the Nets happen in front of his eyes. You know what I mean? He was lucky enough to stick around because. He was Fire a great, sale. Yeah, he was a great three-point shooter, you know? Yeah. He didn't show up in this playoffs, man. Like, he shot fucking just over 30-something, 30 33% for the whole playoffs. Like, that's just not going to cut it. Um, and I think some of these guys are tasting the playoffs for the first time, you know. Maybe the bright lights got a little too big. I don't know. We can bring it back to game three again. Bruce Brown taking the la- oh, damn near the last shot with like seven seconds left. Dude, what are you doing? Like, kick the ball out to KD or Kyrie and let one of them take the shot. What the fuck are you Seriously. doing? Like, I get it. You want to play superhero. It's the playoffs. You know, your instincts just kind of kick in. But know your role, bro. You got to have some situational awareness there. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Milwaukee was able to get this to Game 7, right? And in a Game 7, damn near anything goes. And at this point, KD has shown in Game Five nobody can stop him. So yeah, he's unguardable. He's, but we know that though. Yeah, we we all knew that KD was unguardable. It, it's just it was a matter of how much would Milwaukee be able to contain him, and if everybody else was healthy. And KD goes out in Game Seven, puts up another ridiculous stat line. I think he have what forty nine again? Something like that. But this man damn near played every minute of the series. Every minute of this series, he gave, had to have been shot by Game Seven. At this I mean, point. we kind of saw that he was pretty much spent with that last shot being an air ball, you know. But I don't, I don't even blame him for that, bro. He did everything he possibly could, and then some, to keep the Nets in this series, and it just wasn't enough. And Milwaukee was able to take home Game Seven, and. The Nets are now sitting at home. With the Knicks. We kept the seat warm for y'all. Yes, we did. For about, like, what, two and a half weeks now it's been warm? I'd say so. (laughs) So that brings us... You know what else is still warm? What? The Atlanta Hawks. Oof. Those boys are on fucking fuego right now, Zach. Yeah, Trey Young is taking over, and I think... Man, that that floater is unguardable. It's... It's ridiculous. They just knocked off the 76ers to make the Eastern Conference Finals, and... We're sitting here like two jackasses who said the Knicks would fucking beat them. And well, you said I'm the five. jackass who said five, and you're the jackass who said what six? Six. <laughs> they did. They did lose in five. So what are you? An idiot sandwich. 
Anyway, a couple of days ago, after the Nets lost to the Bucks, we put out a poll on our Instagram page asking you guys if you thought or who you thought had a more successful season, the Nets or the Knicks. And about 54% of you thought that the Knicks had a more successful season. But people define success in different ways. Some people can say, hey, look, the Brooklyn Nets, they had a better record. They went further in the playoffs. They were more successful on paper. But if you compare expectation to reality, I think that can define success in a way. I think that the Knicks, you know, starting the season, they weren't expected to be very good. They weren't expected to win fucking 20 games this year, Zach. Yeah, what was the over-under? Like, around 20? 23, I think. So, I think them exceeding their expectations proves to be more successful than a team that fell short or underwhelmed in terms of what they were supposed to accomplish this year. I mean, don't get me wrong. I believe if you're not first, you're last. But it was supposed to be Nets-Lakers. And it wasn't, you know, both teams got balanced and the Nets, they underperformed. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. Whereas the Knicks over exceeded and they have a, I don't want to say they have a brighter future because who knows what the future holds. But as a Knicks fan, I'm very hopeful right now. I'm looking forward to the future. I'm excited for the Knicks. Whereas if I were a Nets fan, I'd be like, what the hell's going on here? We just blew up everything to go for a championship this year and completely fell on our faces. Yeah, I would be very salty if I was a Nets fan right now because like you said this was not supposed to happen the Nets were not supposed to be at home with the Knicks right now Nets fans had visions of KD Kyrie and James Harden you know hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy while one of them's holding the NBA Finals MVP award you know what I mean this was not this was not the end game for them and if you're like you said, if you're looking at a Knicks team that was only projected to win 23 games, they go out and damn near double it, and they lay a foundation for their future. You know what I mean? Is Julius Randle a number one? No, but he's a damn sure good number two on a potential championship team. You know what I mean? They need, they know what they need now. If you're a Knicks team, and as a Knicks fan, I'm more excited this offseason than I've ever been in any offseason because now I feel like people actually may want to come here and play here. Exactly. As what KD said, you know, playing in, playing for the Knicks is not fun, but I think it, the Knicks are having a little more fun than the Nets right it's now. A, it's the mecca of basketball. MSG, people, regardless of what anybody says, people still want to play in New York. Everybody wants to come to MSG and light it up. Opposing players do it all the time. Nobody wants to come and play for a loser. So now that they've shown some promise and a little bit of a stable foundation, why not come over here and try to make something out of it? And it's a little reminiscent of what the Nets did a couple years ago. You know what I mean? They kind of had the same thing happen to them where they were horrible after the big Paul Pierce and KG trade. And then they had a few years where they needed to rebuild and lay a foundation. I believe they made it into the playoffs. Um, I believe they lost a first round playoffs so same as the Knicks and then guys were like oh shit they kind of have a lot they have a good foundation going on over there they played tough they played gritty like the Knicks are now but I think the Knicks owned it a little more it is their town it is it's oh it always be a Knicks town we that's never been a debate um but yeah I think it was a more positive season for the Knicks because it just opened the door for 
you know, a big name guy to want to come here. And if you're, like you said, if you're a Nets fan, you're looking around. Now you're like, what the fuck? Where do we go from here? Yeah. And, you know, the big issue for the Nets this year was them being able to play together. Now, whether it be injury, personal agenda, whatever the case may be, they didn't do it at all, really, in the regular season. And they didn't do it in the playoffs due to injury. I think they got like seven games together the entire year. Right. So who knows what's going to happen next year? Maybe they'll be able to play more than seven games and make a legitimate run to a finals, you know? But Not if the fucking Knicks have anything to say about that, Zachary Durkin. You are absolutely right, Sean. So that's going to wrap up this episode of the Heated Rivals podcast. Make sure to pay attention to our Instagram to look out for more of those posts. Get you guys feedback. And uh, remember to press that like button. Wait, press it? Smash that shit, bro. Smash the like button on Instagram. And follow us and subscribe wherever you guys listen to your podcasts. For Zach Durkin, I'm Sean Robinson. Peace.